This is an EO APAC production, and the Phoenix is rising. Hey, hey, everybody, welcome to episode two. Today, we are talking to a good friend who is not new to the world of pivoting. He started his career as an investment banker, and through his own personal battles with eyesight, he was brave and took the leap into a brand new technology at that time called LASIK. Now, because the results were so good, not only did his eyes spark up, his mind did too. And that was when he left his suit at the bank and started Vista Eye Specialist back in 1999. Now, in the last year, he has gone through yet another rise from a change. And we're here today to listen to his story. Please welcome founder and CEO of Vista Eye Specialist, Lim Boon Seong. Hey, Boon Seong. Hi, Raymond. How are you? Awesome, awesome, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for coming on today to uh, share your stories to, uh, today with us. Pleasure, pleasure. Okay, so let's get straight to it. So, how did the pandemic hit you and your business? I think, you know, when, when you have Chinese New Year, when we got the news about COVID-19, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of uncertainties. I, I think number one, obviously, is the safety. Uh, safety of the staff because we don't know much about virus at that time. You know, we don't know how it spread. Even if it spread, we know people are dying from it, but we don't know how bad, how many percent of people are dying, you know. So there was a period of panic, unknown safety. And then not only that, then the government subsequently take action uh, by locking down, you know. So when the lockdown came in, and if you can recall, there's army on the street, you know, to prevent people from moving. It's mm. a really a strict lockdown, you know, and our sales actually plunged by more than 70 to 80%. People just stay at home, you know. So, and the biggest, I think, problem is the uncertainties and business continuity because we don't know when we can open up again and when this thing is going to be over. Mm. As an entrepreneur, right, running the business, what, what were the emotions that I was going through during that time? I, I think number one is definitely denial. Look, okay, la, just maybe a few weeks team you know and uh, we can we can move on you know uh, so a bit denial uh, hopefully this thing will go away number two frustrated I, I think frustrated is in the sense that there's no answer you know I I, I, I went to a lot of seminar but for this one I don't there's no uh, answer book for, for, for how to solve this uh, COVID-19 problems you know and I think lastly is scare la. scare scare because number one we are talking about lives you know you know, we are, we are scared whether we're going to be alive, number one, both for your health and number two, most important, financially as well. You know, how, how is going to business going to survive this crisis? But, but it's interesting, right? Because we saw that during this pandemic was a rise of a couple of industries. And one of the industries that rose was healthcare. Right? So in a way, you are in healthcare. So how is that different in the healthcare industry, you being straight in that industry? Yeah, you know, you're right, you know, but I think that depends on what type of healthcare you're in. Healthcare is so broad, right? Because we are in eye specialists, basically eye in the sense that the, the, uh, divided into a few categories of, of disease. And I, we are in basically LASIK, which is really eye corrections for, so that you don't have to wear glasses and cataract surgery. Both these can wait. You know, you, you don't have to do it right now and then, you know, and if you don't do it, you'll get blind kind of stuff. You know, so I think because the thing that it can be delayed and, and, and so suddenly when people are doing it, it becomes like, oh, I can hold on and I'll just wait. So the delay and coupled with the government actions of restriction of movement that people cannot move, uh, so that, that really impacts us when the, the lockdown was in place. Mm. 
So I guess it's in your in a business that is seen more like a luxury, more like something that is like you said can be can be delayed. Well, I I can get my eye lasing at another time. This is not the most crucial time. So because of that, what happened after that for you? How so, how did you change? Did you pivot or anything? So during the lockdown, uh, as you can see in March, the first lockdown was in March to May, early May. Basically, really, that is standstill. Business are bad, you know, and and only when the lockdown was relaxed, you know, that's when revenge shopping come in. I think the, the measurement was dining in, lah. You know, where this restaurant can start dining in, people can start going out. That's when people started to say, "Hey, look, my eyesight is getting bad. I better quickly go and get it fixed." Hmm. You know, so that's where you can't read the menu anymore. Yes, yeah, so that's where revenge shopping come in, and and so what happened is that our business had become very seasonal seasonality. So that means that when when the restaurant dining open, uh, we are busy. You know, in fact, we our, our our business has grown a little bit more during this period. But when the number of cases has gone up again, say in September October, then when the lockdown in place, then our business has then came down by about thirty to forty percent. Mm. So it's becoming we have to then manage a different type of business, a business of uh, seasonality. You know that sometimes up, sometimes down. It, it's so much that that you know we we have now to kind of do or rather create two business models, one business model for lockdown, one business model out of lockdown. Yeah. You're right. You know, and 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 these are changes that happens. You know, and and you know when it happens. I think I'm thankful because, uh, you know, EO at that time brought in quite a lot of speakers. Learned a few trips, tips, uh, you know. Number one, I think is we really have to focus on what outcome we want to achieve, you know. So amid, amid the panic and what to do, what's uncertainties, we need to stay calm and say, look, what outcome do you want to achieve in one month time, in three months time, in six months time, even in, in, in one year time. And, and basically options, there's only three. One is to die. You know, basically, you, you can't survive this. Mm. Second, it's just barely surviving. You just want to survive this crisis. And third, is thrive, right? Just like the Chinese saying, you can either, during a, during a crisis, there is also a danger, there's also an opportunity. And how do you seize the opportunity? And for us, when we want to thrive, you know, then there is some action planning to be taken. So, I mean, we're quite fortunate uh, that, you know, uh, one of the speakers was talking about, hey, if you want to thrive, divide your team into three teams, you know. Divide your whole company. So number one is what we call a survival team. The survival team basically taking care of cash flow, monitoring cash flow day by day to make sure there's enough cash in the bank. Number two, making sure people are safe, you know, that, that we have enough uh, PPE, we have enough, and the, the people are in good mental health space. Number two uh, is today, you know. So today, we're talking about operation, running operation. And you, as you can talk about lockdown, uh, and then ease of lockdown, you know, those kind of fluctuation. And bear in mind at that time, the SOP, the safety SOP set by the government changes almost by the weeks, you know. So we have to get adapted to it as well. So that is basically today, just really firefighting, making sure that we all can be ahead of the safety SOP, making sure that operationally we, we can handle the, the, the upsurge when there is revenge shopping. And when there's downtime, then we just have to make sure that we upskill ourselves. And lastly, is tomorrow. So really survival today and tomorrow. Tomorrow is more of looking a little bit more than just firefighting. Looking at what we want to achieve in, say, six months' time. You know, We certainly want to seize the opportunity once we are stable. We want to work towards, for example, by the end for us, by the end of six months or 12 months, hey, we want to still continue to expand. 
there are still new services that we would still want to venture in. So then we have to set up a separate team that's not distracted by all this firefighting, that's not distracted by all this cash flow monitoring. And this team then can dedicate, say, look, you know what? We want to build a new house, a house that's much bigger than currently. Wow, I, I think that's amazing, right? So not looking just at, because a lot of people, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, they look at just survival. They just look at how to go through this time. I think that that's great advice. That splitting your team into three. Uh, can you share what ex- what are some of the things that you did exactly? Okay, sure, great. I, I think so. What happened is that we have senior leaders, and along with their team members. So basically, the survival team is consists of the HR, which take care of people, and also finance, which really monitor the the cash flow. So my the finance team will basically make sure fundraise because bro. When that happens, when you don't know how long you're going to survive, you need to have enough uh, cash flow. So our cash flow was about two to three months, but we want to lengthen it. So our finance was really go all out talking to all the banks and find all ways to make sure that we can increase our cash flow level. Now, in terms of today, that basically consists of all our operation team. And basically, that's majority of the staff, you know. So we, we make sure that it's well communicated, the safety SOP is in place, and making sure that our customers are getting the right experience, you know, their, their comfort, you know, we give the travel letter, you know, all this um, nitty-gritty day-to-day operation while making sure that our patient experience remain great. And tomorrow, basically, that's our business development and our growth department. So these, these are people who look for new sites. These are people who talk to the suppliers to look out, hey, what is in the new horizon? What kind of new services? What kind of new cure? For example, you know, we have technology now to be able to cure for reading problems, reading glasses. This this really impacts us for those people who are 40s. You know, the first sign of aging is basically the inability to read near. That means you have to put your menu, put your documents a bit further, especially your handphone as well. A bit Sounds further, like me. Further. Yeah, exactly. So so then, you know, there's new treatment for that that's coming in, you know. So we, we need, and, and to commercialize a new opera, a new treatment, there's a lot of studies, there's a lot of research and development, there's a lot of marketing being planned out. So that's the reason why for tomorrow, we have the marketing, business development uh, to, to take care of it. Even during this time, I know you introduced also some new business models. And I know recently you, you, uh, you were sharing uh, about some graduation that you were doing. Was that a new business model that you were doing? Yes, it definitely is. I think uh, certainly what happened is that, you know, when the COVID-19 come, I mean, we used to do the same thing that we do every year, right? We just have to plan for the yearly and these are the services that we do. These are the HR policy that we do. We just have to have incremental improvement, you know. But when this comes, when there's a lot of uncertainties, you know, we, we were panic for a few months, actually, honestly. We were just wondering, what, what do we do? How, how do we get out of this crisis, right? Then we found out that we learned, you know, again from the speakers and from own experience that I think there are four steps to really combat this COVID-19. I think number one is to create a positive environment and keep encouraging each other. So these are the positive energy that we need to give out. Number two, we need to continue to upskill, upgrade, you know, because when things are changing, we have to continue. So digital is the way to go. You can't physically meet meeting people. So everything is done virtually. So imagine we have to subscribe to Zoom, right? And how do you use Zoom to communicate to people? We then do Facebook Live. And and, 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 and how, like you've seen, uh, recognition as well. Remember, talk about being positive. We need to recognize our staff as well, you know, to make sure they are happy 
and they're in good space. So how do you do it virtually, you know? Annual dinner that was supposed to be done physically are no longer possible. And we, how do you do it? Instead of postponing it to an to indefinite date and we don't know when to do it. So we have to do it virtually so that we can recognize them. And third is practice gratefulness. I think we, we need to practice gratefulness in terms of instead of the, is the host and the guest mindset, you know, that instead of being entitled and say, look, what's wrong? Why? Why like that? You know, kind of things like that. But instead of saying, look, you know what? I accept the, the things it is today and how do we make the best of it? And the fourth, lastly, is to keep spreading this gratefulness and positivity 10 times. And that's why we had, we, are, we, are, we organized this uh, recently, the virtual graduation ceremony for, for an upskilling program for a gamification that we have done, just concluded, because we want to recognize our staff, number one. Number two, we want to also connect and spread positivity and gratefulness to our suppliers as well. You know. Wow, that's, that's just super amazing. I, I just can't believe that a company can go through so much changes and still, you know, keep the teams alive and keep the business alive. But did you face any challenges during these changes that you are ma- you were making? Yeah, for sure, definitely. I, I think I think as with any new changes, you know, we talk about paradigm shift, right? A new normal, as we call it, you know, a, a new business model, as you call it. Um, I think there there are always two group of people. One people who say, you know what? Okay, I will change. I will learn up how to use Zoom. I will learn up. What is Facebook Live? I will learn up how to interact patient more uh, virtually, you know, so that minimize the time that when they are here for safety reason. You know, there are another group of people who are what we call resistant to change, you know, who feel that why should I change? You know, I'm sure this will be over soon, you know. And they don't they don't want to, to, to participate in what we call uh, like the new 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 skills, you know, and, and so forth. And bear in mind it's not it, it, it's, you know, the perception is always new skill means new responsibility, you know, because humans tend to always go back to their old ways of doing things, you know. So unfortunately, uh, that's one of the challenge, really, uh, resistance to change and the added responsibility. A uh, second thing was the entitlement mindset. I talk about the host and the guest mindset. I think a lot of people were just waiting for things to change, things to change back to normal, uh, things to, 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 the people were doing things for them and everything will be okay, you know. But we tell them, no, it's no longer that, guest mindset anymore. You, you need to be the host. Everybody need to step up. You know, everybody need to learn new tricks and everybody need the new way of doing things and everybody need to work as a team together so that we move in a, one direction and the direction is to not only to uh, survive but thrive. You know, how do you thrive? How does thrive look like? So there's a lot of communication going on as well, you know. So, if they, so some people uh, doesn't like the host mindset, they, they basically just want to be spoon-fed. So unfortunately, those people who have no choice, you know, but but to, to play a lesser role, you know. So it, it's always the new paradigm shift, new way of doing things, and the fear unknown that really keep, you know, uh, people not moving forward. I think that's the biggest challenge, you know. Um, I wish, you know, we could get everybody to move in the same direction faster. Mm. You know, I'm in the business of technology, right, Bunxiong, and you know, in the last 10 years, we've been trying to get businesses to go digital. And we've only probably achieved like 20%. It took one pandemic to yeah. shift the gears up into like 80 to 90%, right? And that's amazing. I have to ask you one question, right? This is something that we, we, we both talked about in the, in the past. This whole topic of shifting our mindset and also work from home, right? We talked about this and I, I admit, right? It is so hard to work from home, but we have to 
And it's really a mindset thing which I have to shift. What, what is your views of, you know, shifting everybody to a work-from-home environment? Especially in your business, right? Because your, your business requires that patients come to you. Is, does that work for everybody work from home? Yeah, it is a very good question because, you know what, um, by default, because we are retail, uh, we, are, we are healthcare, you know, um, we, we have to see patients. So 70% of our staff are frontline, you know, they, they are facing patients. And at this point in time, technologies are not available where they can do the consultation or surgery even virtually at this point in time. So it's not possible. So it is a big dilemma because, you know, the work from home seems to be the trend, you know. But I, I guess I'm lucky in the sense that I was, we were being forced to not work from home. But I can tell you that we are very glad that we, we didn't, uh, we we're being put in that position because, you know, we during the lockdown, we still have to come to office because we still need to help fight the war against blindness. We still need to help treat cataract surgeries and all the eye problems that we see. You know, we still have to do that. And, and all of us, so we tell all the staff, look, unfortunately, you know, we need to help out the government. You know, the government is fighting COVID-19. We need to help take care of the eyes of the people. And because of that, all of us have to come to work. And I can tell you the interactions, you know, and being away from, from home and just being here and the interaction and the collaboration and the water cooler gathering, you know, so you meet somebody to have that conversation, that sparks a lot. Mm-hmm. So what happened is that I, I, I know I have a, have a space, I have a work cubicle along with others. You know, oftentimes we just walk each other and we discuss things impromptu. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that we make more decisions that way than, than just to have a scheduled Zoom time. You know, I mean, I do have a scheduled Zoom time with some of my staff sometimes, but I tell you the effectiveness and the productivity is just not there. The, the sudden discussion of one idea that, 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 that's priceless, you know, and I can tell you one of the things is gamification. And sometimes we have to gather people in a very, what you call that, impromptu. It's like, let, let's discuss about this. You know, how can we do it better? You know, okay, this person had, have got this stocks. Now, let, let's gather the right people now and let's discuss about it. Now, if you were to do it over Zoom, you probably will take some time, you know, mm. and like that. So that, 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 I think the speed of execution is much faster. And also the body language and also physically being there. Of course, we have to do uh, social distancing. Um, it allowed, create, I would say, creativity. A lot of uh, idea throwing. It sparks off one conversation after another. And like it or not, Zoom-wide. I mean, I, I, we tried to Zoom at home for the whole day. I can tell you, halfway through, you're just brain dead, you know, in front of computer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. And we seem to be doing more meetings, more Zoom calls, not aware of our own uh, mind, our own tiredness through all this Zoom and working from home. And I think you brought up a very good point, which is the human nature needs to be next to each other, right? We need to physically be there with each other. We, we were not created and meant to sit behind a screen. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know what? It's not just the mindset, uh, Raymond. I, I think it's a very conscious decision. And we as uh, entrepreneurs, we need to make a stand. You know, and say, look, this doesn't work for us. I know it's, it's a trend, you know. I mean, sometimes they have no choice. Tech companies is easier, you know. But sometimes, oh, no choice, oh, trend, you say, oh, let's work from home. But we did try at one time trying to convert to work from home as for the back office. I can tell you the amount of just implication, the amount of uh, productivity just came down, you know. Probably we didn't go through the learning curve. But given me a choice, I still think that, number one, I think we need to make that conscious decision and say what? Yes, there are pros and cons. There are benefits from working from home. 
and there are also benefits from not working from home. And I think we do this, need to look at what businesses that we are in, uh, whether we are in the people business, whether we are in the fronting customer business. And then from there, we need to make that decision and say, okay, uh, we make the conscious decision, not work from home, and then quickly reap all the benefit that we, as much as possible. You know what? Because we have so much things to fight. We need to fight COVID-19. Mm. And the last thing we fight uh, is to have this work from home thing. Because you know why? When you introduce work from home, everybody have different idea of work from home. That's true. And it's something that we have to relearn again, right? Relearn the art of working. And it may not, like you said, may not fit our industry. Because yeah. like you, you're in a service industry and you have to serve other human beings which have to be next to you. How can we be operating a LASIK surgery from home, right? It doesn't, if we don't, even if we have the technology for that, right? It's, it's just not the same, right? Exactly, exactly. So for a final question for you is, what can other entrepreneurs learn from this? You know, honestly, I also learn from other entrepreneurs. I will say three things. Number one is practical optimism. Really stay positive and have a gratitude mindset. I, you know, it's so simple, but honestly, these are the ones that lead us to where we are today. And we did a lot of gamification among our team members, you know, to create games, you know, to have fun, you know, to create positive and have the gratitude. Uh, you know, being being able to alive, being COVID-19 free is really to be gratitude about. Number two, being resilient. I think it's not a one-month war or three-month war. It's going to be sort of years, or two or three years now we are talking about. So you need to have a long stamina. It's a marathon, you know. So you need to go for a long, go for a long haul, you know. So that means that we cannot just simply just uh, focus on short term. We need to focus on long term. So the mental health is also the other area that that's the reason why gamification works. And lastly, is to focus on the outcome. Remember, I talk about either you in danger or exceed the opportunity. Yeah, you need to focus on the outcome and formulate action steps towards that directions, you know. And focus very much on what the outcome you want to be in 6 months and 12 months and then work backwards. If your action plan is to thrive, that will be very different than the action plan to survive. You know, Because if you want to thrive, that means you have to set up a dedicated team on how to thrive. If you are direction in the outcome you want to be, it's just to survive. Then it's easier. Then you basically ask everybody to make sure that you call this number of people, making sure you meet this number minimum number but at the end of the day that's the outcome that you'll get just to survive so three things practical optimism resilient and focus the outcome and formula action plans awesome Bunsiong this has been a great last 20 minutes talking to you I love how you painted the three teams that we have to have the survival team the today team and the tomorrow team you talking about you know all of us needing to shift our mindset to become a host mindset and not to sit back you know what, we have a choice here to either to thrive or to survive. And what you're saying is that we have to choose that mindset to thrive and not just to survive. And you know, I agree with you, you know, this, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint to just uh, get past this pandemic. Business is not just about this pandemic. Business is about a lifelong journey and really taking towards a step where what do we do after? And then really think about what do we have to do today to make sure that that happens. So thank you very much, Bunsiong, for your time today. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and your insights. I wish you a lovely day. Thanks, Raymond. Anytime. You've been listening to an EO APAC production. If you enjoyed today's episode, do hit subscribe and share it with your friends and family. 
I look forward to sharing with you the next story of a phoenix rising.